Welcome back, everybody, to We Are TPM. You are here again with Kyle Teixeira and John Teixeira of Teixeira Property Management to discuss this week, John. The effects of inflation on real estate investing. The effects of inflation on real estate investing. You know, just one of those things. So before we get into the uh, topic today, if you guys have any questions, concerns, or just want to reach out to us or ask questions about your own real estate portfolio, uh, give us a call at 817-818-9039 because we are TPM, or shoot us an email at showmethemoney at wearetpm.com. And we'd be happy to talk to you, consult on your properties, whatever it may be. So let's get into the topic. John, what are we? what is the effect of inflation on real estate purchasing or investing? Sorry. Well, you know what, Kyle? We try to, tr- we try to do timely topics, right? Mm-hmm. Whenever we can. And this one is extremely timely because it's all everyone's talking about right now is inflation, right? We're paying more for gas right now. We're paying more for milk, going to the grocery store. Paying more, right? You're buying a car, you're paying more. Everything's costing more right now. An inflation number came out yesterday. I mean, it's highest since, what, 1990s? And we have supply issues and supply and demand problems everywhere. So this problem's not going away, right? We are going to see inflation for at least through 2022 that's higher, a little higher than normal, I would say. Yes, yes. That's what people's common sense are saying. Yep. Yeah, not the Fed or anything, but, you know. Okay, all right. <laughs> so, so since common sense and the rest of us, besides the government, uh, we're looking at reality, and yeah. that is, is higher than normal inflationary costs for almost everything that we purchase across the board – I thought it would be really apropos to talk about how does that affect the person thinking about investing in real estate, right? Yeah. Like, cause they're, cause people right now are making more, I don't want to say they're making higher level or different financial decisions than they might've been a few months ago, a year ago, two years ago, because of the current climate and what people are talking about around this conversation of inflation. Yeah, cuz I mean inflation is 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 talked about as if it's fully a data point, but it actually the effect of inflation uh high high percentage of it is if people believe there's inflation. If you believe there's inflation, it continues and cuz prices go up, it's fears of inflation. So, um that's why we're talking about it. That's why everyone else is talking about it because it is having an effect. So, the question is, is is it a negative or a positive effect to you and how do you position yourself against it? Well, it's funny that you say it, that you put it that way because real estate has always been considered to be one of, I'm trying to think of the word, the one of the, uh, one of the things, one of the tools that you use to protect yourself against inflation. And that's not the exact term that I typically see um, when people talk about that, but, but, you know, uh, let's talk about the reasons why, because there's, especially right now, there's two main reasons why that real estate are going to help protect you from inflation, but we actually have a third one right now. So let's get into it, Kyle. What, what happens on a normal, uh, I'm going to talk about North Texas. We're here in North Texas, Dallas, Fort Worth area. And if we look back over a long period of time, not the past 10 or 15 years, because they've been a little bit unusual, but if we go back farther, you'll see that this area previous to this had a really consistent 3 to 5% growth in value. 
That means your home value went up three to five percent every year. That has always considered to be a very healthy and normal growth rate. Yes, yeah, three three to five percent year over year sounds pretty good and pretty consistent. So, uh, and when you compound that, you know, over ten years, that really increases the value of your home. Yeah, absolutely. So, and that's where the inflation number comes in is on keeping it in a very simple, you know, comparison is that inflates that year over year increase rate, uh, you know, along with prices and everything else. So yeah. that three to 5% may be inflated to, you know, five to 10% or, or whatever it may be. But the, the point is it's, it's year over year increasing um, with inflation and compounding year over year with it, just like it would before. It's just at a higher rate. Okay, so we've had, I'm going to say since about 2010, 2011, we've had higher than normal um, rates of appreciation, okay? Mm -hmm. So, depending on the area, from 5 to, I've heard, as much as 8 to 10%, okay, in some areas. Previous to the crash in 2008, we actually had places like Rockwall, and Mansfield that were growing at rates of 12%. That's unheard of. I think, Kyle, with what's happening with inflation right now, if we look at the year-over-year numbers right now, I bet you most communities in the Dallas-Fort Worth area are pretty close to those numbers right now. That 10, 12, maybe even higher percent is what we're going to be seeing in, in value equity increases. Yeah. And you can't account this into year over year, but over the last year, you have been seeing those numbers. And the question is, will they sustain? Will they increase? Will they decrease? Um, it's not a, it, I think one thing people get very confused about is say that rate in decreases. It doesn't necessarily mean that home values or your home value decreases lower than what you bought it for, right? It's because it's since you bought it, it's likely already increased a certain amount. It's the rate of increase um, fluctuating, not necessarily your price fluctuating. Um, you know, they, they have a direct correlation, but when we talk about one, I don't want it to get confused. So, so you're talking about the difference between your value, right? Your true market value and what you're trying to sell it for. And your appreciation rate. You know, here, Kyle, I can't help but, as a real estate agent, trying to help people buy homes every day, I can't help but think about, like, for instance, I just helped somebody get a home on the market. I'm going to throw some numbers out there, okay? Just to help people understand. At $450,000, okay? Previous, I have one really good comp for this that was on the market for four hundred, sold for four twenty-five. So this one went on the market for four twenty-five, sold for four fifty. Previous to that, it was the same thing. The previous one had gone on the market for like three eighty, sold for four oh five. Do you see what's happening? Like three eighty, four oh five. Oh, okay. So I could sell my house for four hundred, and then they get four twenty five. And this person says, oh, "Okay, I can sell my house for four twenty five, and they get four fifty. I don't know how long that can go on, but it's happening in months' time, not years' time. Yes, yes, and it's it's just like you said, you used a comp, right? We used to be able to use comparable sales from six months out or sooner and get use it as a good measure to get a good idea for what the value of a house is. Well, 
you'd be really, I'd say, unintelligent to use that uh, comp six months ago right now. Right. Um, that, yep. And that, that alone, uh, you know, speaks to the rate of increase we have been seeing because mm-hmm. um, that rate of change is so, is so fast right now that if you pick something six months ago, well, that house that sold six months ago could sell again today for more. So, and, and that is how it is in the market right now. It's, it's, it's really funny that you say that. I used to do, I used to do comparable analysis, you know, for people all the time that would go back six months. That's what we did all the time. That was kind of our standard operating, you know, procedure. If you wanted an analysis on your home, I would go back six months. We needed that to get a good amount of data, right, in a in a certain neighborhood. But plus, that was good data. Six months back is good data. Back. Well, and yeah, tying that back to the numbers we were saying. If I don't getting, do that anymore. If you're doing a three, if you're getting a three to five percent year over year increase, right? So that's six months out. So you're looking at one and a half to two and a half percent range of error, right? Well, you can make up that range of error um, by looking at you know, six months out and a month out and all that pretty easily. But if you're going up 15% year over year or 20% year over year, now your degree of error by looking six months back is like 10% or seven to 10%. Well, that's not okay. You know, you can't be 10% off on list price. You shouldn't be. Um, That makes way, you know, I'm not saying we were before, but making a judgment of, yeah, this is 10% 10 off uh, and just doing it is, isn't, isn't as much of a uh, confident decision, I should say. All right. Well, you just you just lost all everybody who doesn't <laughs> do math. You just lost them all. So I, I get it. But all right. So we we don't go back six months anymore for that reason. We we go back ninety days. It's as far back as I go anymore. Um, and I've been doing that for about two years now. It's been that. It's been this market has been kind of you know like this and crazy. And moving so quickly that I, it's been about two years since I stopped going back six six months. Um, all right, Kyle. So I guess the point being, you buy a home now, right? You're counting on major equity um, increases over the coming years. I mean, right now, we know it's coming. We're talking about it. If you already own a home, hang on to it, Right. If you don't own a home or you're thinking about buying another one, do it because the that value is just going to increase tremendously over the next one to two years at least. Yeah. So, and in, in, in this this topic's about inflation, right? So, it, you know, taking it back to what normal inflation would be is right around the one to two percent range, right, year over year. Uh, well, what? say they say should be normal inflation is the one one to two percent range well if we're telling you your home increases at three to five percent um year over year and historically then that tells you it the appreciation of the housing market beats inflation right that's why it is something that it's historically beat inflation rates well now if you have you know october's inflation rate was 6.2 percent if hearing that home values are increasing higher than that that's not abnormal as as a lot of people try to you know say it is it's about twice as high um but so as long as that persists the, the historical mathematics to it is that uh the home home values will continue to persist upwards kyle just keeps trying to take us back to math huh <laughs> well inflation is is you know math statistics it is so. math okay so so, f- reason number one, 
why you shouldn't be concerned about real estate investing right now during a time of rising inflation is home values are going to go up, 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 right? Yeah, because what is inflation? I mean, inflation is inflation, inflating of values, uh, decrease of the value of, of uh, you know, money. Right? While you're angry when you go to the gas pump and, and you go to the grocery store and you do all the things that you do and you're angry every time you pull out your pocketbook and you're like, man, I used to pay X amount for this and now it costs this. Just keep in mind that your home value, and hopefully you own more than one home, your home's value is going up, up, up while all of that is happening. Yeah. And on the flip side of that, inflation doesn't change necessarily your mortgage rate. Um, there's there's an asterisk on that, but it doesn't necessarily change your out-of-pocket um, payment for your mortgage every month. It can, um, over time, affect your taxes. It can, over time, uh, depending if you have variable rate, affect your interest rate. But generally, on the front end of inflation, interest rates go down. Um and then go up to combat it. But the point is, if you already own, once you buy and you already own, you're, what's being inflated is the resale value mm-hmm. of that asset. And that's where it's a good thing for you know people holding real estate. Because what can you do with that value? A, when you sell it, you realize it, right? Mm-hmm. Or you can pull money out, right? Yep. Through an equity it. line of credit, refinance, and, and leverage that money out so that you could do something else with it. You buy more property, you can go on vacation, you do whatever you want with it, really. But it allows you to, to tap into that wealth. And All a right. good time to do it generally because, you know, while inflation is running rampant, interest rates generally get dropped low and then you can pull that money out for cheaper than you would in, in normal markets. We're going to get to interest rates. So don't get us there too fast here because the second thing I want to bring up is is rents, okay? So yes. now if I'm buying a rental property, an investment property, I'm planning to rent it out, which I think a lot of the people that would be listening to us on a regular basis are at least thinking about doing, um, what's happening with those rents, right? During inflation, what are they doing? Are they doing the same thing that values are doing? Yes. And I'd like to say they're independent of each other, but they're not. They're, they're on not. different timetables, but they they do go hand in hand as things are being bought at higher, higher rate or higher prices. Um, they get rented out for higher prices and uh, it's just, they fall in line together. So infl- it rents is definitely something that gets tied hard to inflation because it responds quicker. Um, it will, it realizes quicker. You get to see rents go up right behind home rates. Is really how it goes. So, and then if you're, you know, at a place that you say you're not moving, you're already living somewhere. Well, when your lease renewal comes up, you'll see that inflated rate in your renewal because it's based on market rents. Mm-hmm. Hopefully, it is. Yeah, it's not always based on market rents. It is with us, but but that doesn't mean everyone's doing it that way. It's amazing, Kyle. You know. I get to see this every single month. I want to talk about, get back to that and talk about that a little bit. But, but I'm thinking, sitting here thinking about, uh, you know, we've been doing this a little bit, a little while together. And, and I'm thinking back on, it seems like not too long ago, we would tell people about our portfolio of properties that we manage. And in that conversation, people would be surprised to find out that we had some large homes that we had no problem renting. And I would talk about in terms of, yeah, I've got 
three, five, six, ten, I don't know what it is, what it was, homes that are at or just above $3,000 a month. Mm -hmm. And I think back on those conversations I used to have with people and that makes me chuckle because all of those homes are well over 4,000 right now, right? Like like over 3,000 is not even hard to get to anymore. And that's a testament to rents have just been consistently going up even before this problem. And to your point, this is only going to make rents go higher. Yeah. I mean, and it was already an increasing problem. Um, and I know most people probably have seen that, but uh, even in the last couple of years, I mean, I, I, at my age, I have a lot of friends who are getting, getting into uh, home buying, getting into renting. Um, and there's always the question of what can I get just a basic three, two, two, not too big. Like, you know, just, just to get their first home and call it a home with a garage. Uh, what could I get that just basic house for say here in Mansfield? Well, sure. Maybe like three, four years ago, I would say, I mean, it's, there's a chance we could get you something in the 14, 15, $1,600 range. Hmm. Um, today I would never make that statement. Uh, you're, $1,400 would get you about a two-bedroom duplex in Arlington. Yeah, yeah, and that's what people are rent. I'm hearing my friends rent two-bedroom apartments for $1,400, $1,600 a month, um, which, you know, there's a big range when it comes to apartments and stuff like that. But uh, Oh, I still get people that come from out of out of town and, and, and tell me that, they, that their budget's $1,000 a month. Well, and we get to see it. We're in this <laughs> in a different, you know, we manage portfolios, so we get to see a wide range of location, of quality, mm -hmm. of, of yep. all these different types of homes, but we can also look back at our experience. I'm looking at houses that I'm like, okay, I rented this out eight years ago, and remembering what I rented it out for eight years ago just a little bit blows my mind um, of what it is today, right? But that tells you a lot about not just inflation and rents. It tells you that that is the value of of money and all that has changed rapidly over the last eight years. So, well, and you know what, to, to be fair, the other part of that, you know, we're talking, what we're talking about is we're talking about a cost of living, right? Mm -hmm. And so the value of our homes that we own, right. That is affected by the cost of living, the value or the, the, the rental rates are affect your cost of living. But you know what, to be fair, man, uh, salaries, have been going up like crazy as well, right? So while while all of this stuff is going up, it does all seem to be going up kind of uniformly. Our 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 president wants to blame everything on um, COVID right now, but there are some economic forces happening right now that I don't know that you can completely blame on COVID. Well, I mean, there's a lot of points there, but over the last eight years, I wouldn't argue wages have been going up. It was, no, it's no, more no. of a short-term no, 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 no. thing. And then on our topic of inflation, have wages been going up at a rate higher than 6.2%? No. If they haven't, then that's not really a wage increase. Wages, uh, The wage statistic, at, in a realistic sense, if it doesn't beat inflation, it's at a decrease. So, so with all these things going up, yes, the cost of living needs to fall in line. Uh, yeah, you know, I was just trying to make the point that that it is going up. It's not like it's not all doom and gloom if you're renting and and you just you know 
rents are just going up and everything is going up. Hopefully your income is also going up if you have a job, um, a good job that's, you know, for a stable company. So that's my hope. I know that's probably not everybody's story, but, um, but just talking in general, hopefully that, that is a good majority of people's story. So, all right. So our values are going up as investors. We got values going up. We got rents going up. So we're making more money. You made the point before that, that our payments should be the same. So that means our cash flow is growing, right? Our wealth is growing. Speaking of wealth, I've got, I'm staring at this, this um, quote that I brought. Can I share this quote? Because this, this quote helps to define our podcast, doesn't it? This is why we're here. And I loved it. And I'd, so I just wanted to print it out. This is a, a quote by Don Layton. I have no idea who Don Layton is, but he works for Harvard University and he, he was part of this housing study. And his, the quote, it goes like this. Homeownership is regarded as causing an improvement in the quality of life of a typical family. It is the most common method for such a family to build wealth that can be used for retirement or other needs, including helping the next generation. Such wealth creation, therefore, provides a major social as well as economic benefit. It's why we do what we do, isn't it? That's why we try to share this information. Is that Because, I mean, that's it's a simple fact. I mean, it's based on a study, but, uh, you know, historically, statistically, I mean, it's just true. It's just the reality of homeownership and and you know, further real estate investing. So this study was just based, or that that quote's really based on owning the home you live in, which is what we talk about a lot. Um, but owning assets that, you know, the cost of them isn't increasing with the rest of the markets, but the values are, is where that wealth is built. Yeah, absolutely. So Kyle, so we just gave everybody two phenomenal reasons that should be enough, right? to move forward with your plans for real estate investing in the midst of this climate that we're in, which we would call inflation. We're in, in an inflationary period right now. So if you have concerns, if you're wondering, should I be doing this? How should I be changing my tactics? If you're still in a position financially to invest in real estate, we just gave you two reasons why you absolutely should be doing that, right? Yeah. So there's a third one though, isn't there? Another to go on forever, but yeah, let's hear the third one. <laughs> well, uh, there's only there's a third one that I want to bring up right now, and this one is important when you combine it with with all the other all the other factors that go into the buying decision, and that is interest rates. They're incredibly low. I'm tired of saying that. I feel like I've been saying that since 2005. I feel like we've been. As an industry, we've been giving the same sales pitch for the last 15 years, and we keep saying, they can't get any lower. I can't just, I can't imagine it being <laughs> any lower. I remember when they hit 5%, and the world, if everyone acted like the world was going to cave in, this is shortly after 9-11, like we're going to push them all the way down to 5%, the banks aren't going to make any money, but we're going to do this. Shoot, that was not the bottom, was it? 
That was not the bottom. That at was all. not the bottom. I think when we closed a deal at two point three three or two point two five percent earlier this year, we were just that like was an investment at, deal. Yeah, I've seen people close homes, their primary residences, at like one point eight. Isn't that insane? You're buying like a car, right? That's no. costing. <laughs> that's got to be costing the bank money to give that money out, right? It's got to be. They literally have to be losing money. Well, the Fed is losing money, not the somebody's bank, losing yeah. money. <laughs> but the point being, this that interest rate directly affects your buying power, right? So most people have a fixed income of some sort, right? Whether it's based on self-employment or whatever, it's it, to some degree it's fixed, right? So, so your your buying power is going to be based on that income, and and is directly affected by this interest rate. So meaning to say this, if I make $120,000 a year and I have a certain amount of debt, at 5% interest rate, I might qualify for a $450,000 loan. But at a 2% interest rate, I might qualify for a $680,000 loan. I made those numbers up. They do not Those are not indications of anything you could actually do. I completely pulled those out of the air. But I was just making a point that changing that interest rate can drastically affect how much home that you can buy. And if these interest rates go up from the current rates, I think you can buy investment properties in the threes still. Yeah, but I think that's the most important data point people don't think about when they think about buying real estate is that that interest rate actually does affect your purchase power, Mm -hmm. right? It affects what you can afford per month because your interest rate's going to affect how much that mortgage is per month at at a higher degree than people think. Like a percent point affects how much you pay per month by a significant degree. Even at the average home price of like, let me call the average home price 300,000 now, which <laughs> which is a testament to a lot of what we've been talking about, which I think that's close, but it's close, but it's just a it's a round number, yeah. but you know, your cost per month increase on one percentage point could be in the $100 range um you know, of monthly cost, and that does affect what you can afford every month. Say it goes up 5 points. Okay, we're talking a significant difference in what you can go out there and purchase. Um and that's that's part of um, that ties to the inflationary aspect of it. So if interest rates are low and inflation is high, if those two flip, you know, interest rates start going up and in- inflation starts going down, or even if it doesn't, you now can purchase the home prices are now a lot higher and you can purchase a lot less. So, okay. So, Let's talk about interest rates real quick. I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on interest rates. I'm also not going to pretend to be able to forecast what's going to happen. But what I do want to do, Kyle, is I know that you and I have enough knowledge of the economics and the current the current climate to be able to speak about some truths that you can then extrapolate some assumptions from. Okay. Mm-hmm. A lot of people my age really older than my age, right? Those those are the people that also have a lot of discretionary wealth and might be thinking about doing this, right? They also remember the 80s, the late 80s. The last time we had extreme inflation like this, Kyle, you may not know this, but interest rates went to like 18, 19%. 
not kidding you. The reason why we have portions of our contract that talk about assumptions is because of the 80s. Assumptions wouldn't even be a thing if that didn't happen in the 80s, okay? Back then, the only way you bought a home was to purchase a home by assuming somebody's mortgage and then and then piggybacking it with a second mortgage. That's how people bought homes back then because you couldn't afford a 19% interest rate I mean, granted, they were buying homes for, you know, fifty, sixty thousand dollars back then, but still, given given the times, it that's how we that's how we persevered as a society and got through and solved that problem. So people people who remember that and know that, okay, they might have some pause and go, okay, well, the last time we had inflation, interest rates went crazy. Well, I would say two things. One, if that were true, then hurry up, okay? But two, we have a completely different environment regarding interest rates today than we dad did dad, blah, dad that we did back then. Um, back then, everything was based on market forces entirely, right? The government did not have a mechanism or the desire to intrude into those market forces. They wanted to let the market forces play out naturally, and that's how we got to 18 19%. That's not the case today. We got mortgage-backed securities, baby. And not only that, we got governments that are willing to print money and spend it as much as they need to. What do you think about that, Kyle? That's not. I don't think you want me to answer what I think about that question. No, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> I just want you to keep it Keep it on track. Keep it on. Kyle has a lot of opinions about economics and politics, so keep it on point here. Economics, okay? not necessarily okay. politics. Okay, all right. But, but yeah, to keep that on track, I mean, the what you're saying. Okay, well, we're talking about inflation's effect, right? One w- mechanism that the Federal Reserve have to keep it simple. One mechanism the Federal Reserve has to combat inflation is increasing interest rates. That's just a fact. That's what they use to combat inflation, right? This year, their goal of inflation was 2% year over year. Try to keep it in that aspect. We're in October, looking like we're going to close out the year 4 or 5% year over year. So the thinking is, if they said that, what will they do next year? It's They haven't confirmed or denied, but it's likely that interest rates will start going up at the beginning of 2022. How does that go into what you just said? It means it'll start being more expensive to purchase a home going into 2022 is the assumption, right? Especially like with what you said in the 80s. Well, with that assumption, we're not saying that home values are in that consideration. It's just your purchasing power will start going down, right? Regardless of the price of a home, your purchasing power, what you go to the get pre-qualified for today will be higher than what you get pre-qualified for once interest rates go up. So it's a timing thing um, to keep it simple. Yeah. No. Thank you, Kyle, for keeping that simple. <laughs> for once, I'm the one that got technical and you you kept it simple. I love it. We flipped, <laughs> we flipped roles there right there. I love it. All right. So, so why should I buy? Why should I continue moving forward with my plan for real estate investing despite inflationary um, concerns or, or an inflationary climate right now? Rising values, rising rents, super low interest rates. Yeah? 
Yeah. Yeah. Like everybody should be buying as much as they can right now, right? If they can. Well, and, and the, well, there's the question of how do you hedge inflation? And what hedge inflation means, inflation is the devaluing of your money. So how do you fight against your value, the, your $100 sitting in your bank account being $100 later on? Um, by doing nothing, you can't. That's fact of inflation, life, economics. You can't. If you if your $100 sits in your bank account and we, lo- we have 5% inflation year over year next year, you will now have $95 worth in your bank account. That $100 will be worth what 95 was the year before is how that works. So back to getting technical. So if the, the purchasing of real estate says that you, you buy that asset and we're talking about how home values are going up. Now your home value, if it's going up at a higher rate than the inflationary rate, then you're hedging the inflation. Your your $100, say that your home value, that you spent $100 on that home, your home value went up 10% and inflation was 5%. Okay, well now you have 105 in that same example. Um, instead of having the 95 you would have had by doing nothing. That's exactly so. right. That is a great way of summarizing what, what we've been saying, I think for the past 12 minutes, maybe, right? <laughs> Good job. I think way people have been it. saying that since what, like 2008? So. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. All right. So maybe 2009. <laughs> so how the effects of infl- inflation affect real estate investing? They affect it, it sounds like to me, positively, and you should use real estate investing to hedge against all the other pain that you're going to feel regarding our inflationary climate. And um, and if you need a great property manager or a great real estate agent, you know who to call. Love it. And I think what you just, I think it's, it, it's positive for the invested, not the about to invest. Well, no, I think it's positive <laughs> for the people that are about to invest as well. Yes, yes. It's more positive for the people that are already invested. You are correct about that. <laughs> but it's just like planting your tree. We talk about planting your Plant tree. Plant that seed. Doesn't matter when you do it. Got to get it done. Plant oh, that in, tree. In that example, inflation just is like putting nutrients in the soil and hoping the little seed grow bigger <laughs> into a tree, right? It's, it's keeping it real simple. Keeping so. it real. <laughs> All right. Close us out, Kyle. Well, thanks for tuning in. Kyle and John Shera. we are TPM. If you want to discuss... Any of these points or anything else about property management in your portfolio, give us a call, 817-818-9039. Or come over to our office in downtown Mansfield, say what's up, or you know, give us a high five on the street. But either way, thanks for tuning in. John and Kyle out. Right. Nice.